Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Okay, so Fave Five. Brett's in this series called Five, and, and I get to do Fave Five. Uh, he's been talking about New Year's resolutions. You know, if you make a resolution, it probably, if you're like a normal person, it probably fizzles out after a few weeks. And, and God tells us that we are missing a key ingredient, and that is that the goal or the resolution is not what has the power. And, and the, goal is, the goal is not that you want to lose 30 pounds in the next year or over a period of time, but what you do today has the power. Now, people can create uh, success by involving God back into the everyday details of your life, in the everyday stuff. And we have got to get past our yesterdays, right? That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. And, and it's okay to have hopes and dreams for what the future is going to be like or look like, but we have to get back to mastering our, our daily agenda. Most people do not live intentionally. They, they do not live a focused life. And a verse that, that Brett's been coming back to over, during this series is Proverbs 17, 24. It, it says, A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. The, the, the discerning person is a person who reduces their life down to a few actions that, that they have, that they're going to do, not all day, just every day, that is going to contribute to my personal success. But the fool is just living their life haphazardly, as, as, or as we'll say, unintentionally or unorganized, versus how God tells us to live. Brett's also been looking at, at this verse, Jeremiah 6.16, so let's look at that one one more time. It's, uh, it says, this is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. God tells us to go back to the ancient paths and look for the good ways. And he tells us that when we do that, he offers us a promise that we will find rest for our souls. Like how many of you are tired this morning? And need rest for your soul. That, that regardless of the chaos that happens here on planet earth, that you are going to rise above that when you are intentional. And so today we're going to look at the Fave Five. You may remember a few years ago, the old the T-Mobile commercial, one of the, their spiel was, who's in your Fave Five? And, and if you had their cell phone plan, you could pick five people to add into your cell phone plan. And whoever those five were, your, you know, your Fave Five, you could call them and it wouldn't cost you any extra. And they it would ask a really interesting question at the end of those commercials, and, and it is, who's in your five? And I want to ask you guys that question today. How intentional are you with focusing on your relationships? How intentional are you with your relationships? See, there's a problem with the whole relationship thing, and that, that is that we all know that we need them, and we've probably had moments where we really enjoyed them, but th- there's been moments where relationships have really wrecked our world. All of us have had moments where relationships have burned us. And you know this. Most people, when that happens, we have a defense mechanism that we put up around our heart. And most people can be on the outside superficially cordial, uh, uh, superficially cordial but on the inside, we're guarded. We say, you know, we've got this fence put up around us. And we say, uh-uh, that is not going to happen to me again. I am not going to get burned. And for a lot of people, even though they're around a lot of people on the inside, they're very lonely. They've got tons of people around them, but they live their lives by themselves. And one of the first things that God said to mankind is, it is not good for man to be alone. 
In fact, you need to know that in God's system, the way that He works, He never intended it just for, be, for it to be you and God that have a relationship. And that's it. His plan always involved other people. And well, the problem is, people are a pain sometimes, right? Yeah. But we, we've just got, we get, it's, people are tough to be around. We've got to figure this thing out. And I'm going to show you guys a verse that's going to kind of be our theme verse for the day. I'm going to do something maybe a little new to you. Uh, I want you to read this verse out loud with me. Just look at your neighbor and say, get over it. We're going to read it together out loud. Nice, full voices, because I want to hear you up here. It's Proverbs 27, 19, and it says this. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. Like If you want to see what a person is really like, you have to go no further than the people that they hang out with. Now, I tell this to the students all the time, that, and this is an Andy Stanley quote, your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Now, I don't know a whole lot, and you can nod in agreement, but I, I know this to be true. I can predict, I'll tell this to the kids, I can predict your future by looking at the type of friends you hang out with. And this is true of you guys too, and the problem is, most of us are not intentional about our friendships. But the Bible is saying, who you hang out with, your life is reflected by who you choose to be friends with. So who is in your five? I want to suggest a list for you guys today, and I want to give you five relationships that I believe you should have in your life, that you should be intentional about. And a couple of them you would guess would be on here. There may be a couple of surprises that are on this list for you this morning. So here's the first one. Number one, God. God should be number one on your faith five list. And most of you are like, well, duh, Ryan, this is church. Let's, let's go on to number two. We got that one. Well, there are, I, I counted this up. In the Terre Haute phone book, there, there are 130 churches in Terre Haute. 130 churches. That's a lot. You might say we're the buckle to the Bible belt going from the south up into the Midwest and back down to Texas. There's a lot of people that have, grown up in church or, or have some kind of experience with church. And for those of you that have grown up in church, the problem, I think, for a lot of people is that they have compartmentalized God and they, they experience God on Sundays, but because their church experience was unlike the, the, the rest of the week, they didn't know what to do with God on, on Monday through Saturday. See, when they, they come into church, if you grew up in church, the, the seats were different. Pews, they could have had stained glass windows. The windows were different. It just looked different. The music is different. You didn't have that on your CD as a, as a kid growing up or your tape cassette or your whatever, right? It, it was just different. And so you might have respected God on Sunday and even through the rest of the week, but you didn't know what to do with him on Monday through Saturday. God was in his box. They didn't know how to take God and fit him into the rest of their week. Now, you could have a relationship with church and people at the church and not know God. And you can respect God, but not know God. You see, when Lori and I came to Cross Lane, it was unlike any other church experience I had had up to that point. I didn't have a lot of church experience, and it was in my early 20s when we came here. A little bit of time at a Catholic church, wedding and a funeral here and there. And, and coming here, was it was way different than the picture that I had crafted in my mind as a kid of the way that, that church was supposed to be like. And I think, I suspect, but that's why you all like coming too, because we, we really try to make it easy for you to connect God to the rest of your week. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23 say, Jesus is saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, 
Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Guys, I don't know about you, but that is a scary verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, gets to go to heaven. Which I think Jesus is saying, you can do all of the church things, but not really know God. See, guys, my my faith journey started with us coming to Cross Lane. Lori was already a believer. I wasn't. I was a skeptic. I had a lot of questions. Met with the pastor a couple different times on his dime. Hey, what about this? I don't what's going on with that. And, and asking him questions, having people pray for me, read, reading my Bible and beginning to try to make, you know, make sense of that and understand it. And getting down on my knees one day and saying, God, will you be my Lord? Will you be my Lord? And I was asking to be in a relationship with him. But how many of you guys know about God and maybe even respect him, but don't really know him? If you're going to have a faith five list, is God on the list? And really, is he, is he number one on that list? So number two, this one may surprise you a little bit. It's you. Are you on your faith five list? Because it, it, this, especially for the ladies. Because, ladies, you're, you work full-time job. You get home. You got kids to take care of, homework to get done. You got to get dinner ready. You got to get the house taken care of. The husband needs some work, too. And... Uh, you, by the time you get to the end of your day, you're spent. You've got nothing left for you. Guys, there's a lot of men in here that are workaholics. You work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You get home, you've got nothing left for your family. Are you healthy? Your, own, your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. So the question is, did I take care of me today? Did I take care of Ryan today? I can't take care of you if I'm unhealthy. So are you exercising physically? I mean, you, you, guys, you know, if you're not well physically, this is just, it, it, it's hard to do life. Are you exercising? I don't know about you guys. That I, I didn't exercise a lot uh, growing up. I was always an active person. Now I'm approaching 40, and I know, I've noticed this year, maybe the last 18 months or so, my metabolism has slowed down. And I, I've got a, in the summertime, I'm on the go with kids. I, lo- I love to garden. I'm outside doing physical stuff. But in the wintertime, you know, you're cooped up. You get the winter blues. What are you going to do? Well, we, we, I'm, I've, the last two winters, I've exercised more than I have in my entire life. And I, I, let me tell you, the, the results are astounding, if I could stand up here. And... <laughs> Indianapolis Colts are calling. No. But I feel, listen, I feel, I feel better about myself because I'm, I'm exercising physically. You guys know that this, this is the truth. Are you doing it? Sabbath. Are you taking a Sabbath rest? Are you taking care of yourself spiritually and emotionally? Guys, the Sabbath is a command. Take, hey, work six days a week. Work your heart out. But on the seventh day, take a rest. And remember me, because you're going to need it. Are you resting? Are you taking care of you? What kinds of choices are you making in relation to how you spend your time? 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify, which means to set you apart through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord, which is just a hearkening to, are are you taking care of yourself? Physically, spiritually, emotionally, put yourself on the list. You're number two. You're really important. Number three is family. This is probably the other one you, you would have guessed was on the list. And we tend to look at our family as if, uh, they're the closest to us and they're covered relationally, right? 
Like, we don't have to spend a lot of time on those relationships. Well, because, hey, she's already my wife, hook, line, and sinker, you know. Uh, or, hey, they're my kids. I don't have to spend a lot of time with them. No, they're my kids for crying out loud. And, and you know, most parents in most marriages wait until there is a crisis before they work on it or address a problem, right? It, it, it's okay to leave well enough alone in, in the words of Uncle Si. Listen, Jack, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You guys know this. If it's just not going to get a lot of attention if, if it's going pretty well. Uh, few parents teach what I'm going to call non-conflict parenting. Non-conflict parenting. It's like don't wait until your daughter gets pregnant to talk with her about sex, right? It's like you, gotta, you should be talking about, and it's not just one talk, it's many talks over the course of many years. And don't wait until they're in middle school to have that talk because in middle, by the time they get there, it's too late to have that. So they're, they're already learning, whether you realize it or not. So the, the crisis, when a crisis or a conflict crops up, that gets all of the attention and the emotional energy, right? So I, I would say invest intentionally in your family before a problem comes up, while it's going great. Look at Proverbs 24.3. It, it takes wisdom to have a good family. And it takes understanding to make it strong. Our goal here at Cross Lane is that you would have healthy, God-fearing families. That's why we invest so much money in children's ministry and youth ministry stuff. And, and small groups. and trying to, we, just, we love you guys. We want you to have as healthy of a family as you can have. Number four on our Faith 5 list, is small group. Now, you're in a small group, whether you, whether you know it or not. If you never join a, a small group at Cross Lane, you're in a small group of some kind. It's, it's human nature. It's cooking club, supper club, shooting club, uh, gangs. I mean, this is, it, this is a people group. Human, human nature... It, it, you know, it is what it is. We're part of a group whether we, we know it or not. I'm, just, I'm not saying you guys are in gangs. I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. I'm just saying be more intentional about your small groups. Everyone needs to pick a, a few select friends to get extremely close to. It is so important. Now, I want to give you, give you a warning. If, if you have secrets and temptations, and you do, we all do, if you thought, if I ever get an opportunity to do blank and fill in the, whatever the blank is, you say, I might do that. And, 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 and every one of us has problems or thought issues, whatever, whatever they are. We all have them, but check it out. If you're the only one who knows what those are, you're in trouble. That's a fact. And I'm just saying the great thing about small groups here at Cross Lane is probably my favorite attribute of a small group is the safety that comes with it. You know, we, we've stolen the, hey, if it happens in small group, it stays in small group motto. It's tr that's true, that's what we want it to be, a safe place. That, that there are people in the church that I'm really close with that know what my secrets are. That the, the value of when I'm messed up, I can't walk into that group or that relationship and fake it. Hey, how you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm okay. Well, that's bull, I can tell. I can tell, I can see right through it. They can say, how you doing? Men, if somebody doesn't know what you're thinking about doing while you're away on that business trip, man... You're in trouble. I, I have a small group that I meet with, Lori and I meet with weekly, and I have a good, really good friend in Matt Sullivan, to use the church term as an accountability partner, and he'll ask me the tough questions. Hey, Ryan, how's things going with Lori? How you doing? How you doing with your kids? What's going on at church? What do you need, to, what do you need me to pray for you about? 
Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. I want you to notice the posture there in that verse. It's back to back. Guys, we all have a blind spot, right? We, we need someone that we trust that's, that's looking out for our blind spots. And we receive it better when it comes from someone that we know well and trust, right? Like, it's like, you can't discipline my kids. Like, if you saw Noah Purse doing something stupid, like, come here, boy, I'm going to spank your butt. First of all, he's probably bigger than you at this point. But second of all, he would run away from you because that's what we taught him to do. Stranger danger. But if I saw him doing something stupid, I no, get over here. What, are you, what were you thinking? Now, he may not like what I'm telling him, but he's going to receive it better because I've spent time rolling around on the carpet with him. Relationship earns you the right to say, Ryan, you don't know it, but the way you just spoke to your wife was not very Christ-like. What's going on? Relationship earns you the right to point those things out. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, Proverbs says. We need to have a friend who are pointing these things out in us. The other thing that small groups are really good for is that they give us a chance to grow. It's probably where a lot of discipleship happens in this church primarily, outside of a Sunday morning. Now, let me teach you something about growth. Or you guys probably already know this. Like growth requires tension. Physically, we understand this, right? You, but the, the same is true emotionally and spiritually. Growth requires tension. That, that is why the scriptures say this in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You guys understand this principle that two, two sharp objects rubbing against one another create friction or tension, and they heat up, and that gets that blade sharp. Your small group shouldn't be a very nice place. I mean, it should be on the front end, but after you're there a few weeks, there should be some tension happening in your, in your small groups. It, you, could, you should be able to go in and say, oh, guys, you know what Pastor Brett said Sunday? I'm not sure if I understand what he just said. In fact, I'm not even sure I agree with it because it doesn't work that way in my life. You should, you should ha- have the right to be able to say that and create that tension in your small groups because small groups are a safe place where there can be a little friction and a little tension and a little pain and a little growth. This might blow your mind. It did for me. This is pretty cool. We had, in, the, in 2013, we had, Cross Lane had 781 first-time visitors. That's an average of 15 people a week. Now, that's first time. They've never been here before because once they've been here one time, we put them in our computer if we, if we get their name, and the second time they come back, we don't ever track it that way again. But that, that's a phenomenal number. And that, so there's 15 new people here in the morning, here every morning. Welcome to Cross Lane. We're glad you're here. But that's a lot of people that are coming through our doors that we want to figure out how do we get them plugged in. And one of the best ways that we know how is to do small groups. And so our model is that we take, we have signups two times a year. Here in a few weeks, we do one in the spring. Tracy's going to start advertising that here soon. And then we do one again in the fall, in September. And we, when you sign up for a small group, you pick the favorite day that you want. Now, Monday night works best for me. You can, there's other people that are going to be on that. If you see someone on the list, you're like, that, I don't like them. They're on Monday night, so I'm going to go Wednesday night. You can do that. You can be, we understand. But we're going to say when you get into a small group, you're going to commit to meet with that small group for 18 months. 
And that seems like a long time, maybe on the front end it, it flies, especially if, you're ha- if you have a, a good successful group. Most groups don't want to split at the end of the 18 months. The reason we split is, A, we like variety in life, a lot of people do, but B, we, it's a power of multiplication. Where one group, half goes here and here, they each take on new people, and where there was one group, now there's two. Our goal is that 100% of you guys would be in a small group. Probably not going to happen, but we, that's our goal. We want everybody to be in a cross-lane small group because we're, we're asking you to be intentional. It's our model. We're heavily invested in this idea that small groups work well. Jesus had one. He hung around with 12 guys an awful lot. Number five on the list is my circle. This is your circle of influence. You influence people and people influence you. Matter of fact, sociologists tell us that there's 12 or 13 people that you spend your time with each week that if you added it up, you would spend about an hour a a day with 12 or 13 different people. Sadly, a a lot of fathers in the room only spend on average seven minutes a day with their kids. Seven times seven days is 49 minutes. A lot of fathers aren't spending, a lot of fathers' kids wouldn't be in their circle of influence based on the time. And that needs to change, and that's another series probably. But So these 12 or 13 people, there, there are 8 to 5 people, whether you go to work or whether you go to school. They're the, they're the people that you spend the most time with during the week, where, wherever you happen to be. And there's an interesting story in Acts chapter 16. The Apostle Paul and Silas, are, they're in prison, and they're chained to the wall. And at midnight, there's this violent earthquake, and the prison doors fly open, and everyone's chains come off. The jailer wakes up. He sees what's happening. Prisoners are escaping, and he's like, this is bad. He pulls his sword, and he's going to take his own life because when his superiors found out, it was going to end that way anyway. And Paul and Silas see what's going on, and in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, they, they tell him, among other things, they say, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, people have thought, erroneously that this verse means that his whole if he gets saved that his whole household will get saved as a result and that's that's not the way it really works you guys know this that each person needs to make that decision for himself and if we go to the greek that word is oikos in the greek and it means household or those belonging to in other words it's it's your circle of influence. The people, once that guy gets saved, he's going to have a high likelihood to influence the people that he spends the most time with. You guys are going to have a positive influence on the people that you go to work with and go to school with. Let me tell you why this is important, because I want you guys to start doing this intentionally. God is holding us accountable, not for the whole world, but for your circle of influence, your sphere. And, And since you are accountable, why not start being intentional with your relationships? Why not put those lost and hurting people who, who are in your 12 or 13, your, your sphere, why not put them on your list and be intentional about those relationships? You see, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 16. He said, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let people see your good deeds so that God gets the glory, but when they see your good deeds, you get to influence them relationally. Guys, your whole journey before the cross was all about you. Your journey, once you give your, place your faith 
in, in Jesus Christ as your Savior, that your journey on the other side of the cross is all about other people. It's all about your circle or your sphere of influence. You guys were given a lifesaver when you came in. If you ate it already, shame on you. No. Get another one on your way out. But take it out. Just a little tactile experience, maybe. Some of you guys will have this eaten before you leave the parking lot. That really is okay. But what I want you to try to do is, if this is helpful, assign a person's name to that that you work with, that's in your, your sphere of influence. Assign, if they don't know Jesus, assign their name to it. Be intentional about who that is. Put, you're throw, you're, metaphorically, you're throwing them a lifesaver when you begin to pray for them. One of these days... It might be six months, maybe it'll be six years. They might come to faith in Jesus Christ because you put them on the list. Because you were intentional about a relationship. So when you reach into your pocket and feel that or see it up on the dashboard of your car, remember to pray for that person. Just use it as a little reminder. Assign a person's name to it. Be intentional about it. And, and, and if that happens, let us know. Send, send Brad an email or come in on Sunday morning and let like if you get a victory in that way let us know that would be a very cool story for us to to hear about because that'll happen one of you guys maybe hopefully several of you guys will come in and be like lifesaver thing worked actually the prayer worked but it helped me remember it helped me to be intentional about my relationships I'm going to give you guys three things as you leave today maybe just as a takeaway something practical number one is to be courageous about this and and take the initiative it's easy to stand up here and say, these are the five relationships you should have. It's a whole lot harder to take and put these into practice, to be intentional about it. So be courageous and take the initiative in your relationships. Can you do it? Number two, be considerate of people and their needs. Be considerate of people. Philippians 2, 4 says, look not to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of other others. So whether you're we're talking about your marriage or your kids or the person in your circle of influence that you, you spend eight to five with or uh, the people that you're in small groups. Sometimes it'll be Wednesday night and it'll be six below and you'll be like, I'm not going to small group tonight. And, but you know everybody else is going to be there and it's going to be hard. You just go. Be courageous. Take the initiative. And when you get there, don't be a hammer. Be... be uh, respectful of other people's interests everybody's at a different point in their journey and sometimes you just need to be there maybe sometimes you need to be a hammer but not all the time be considerate of other people and the third thing is be committed to the relationship just be committed sometimes it's going to be hard to get up and go to church sometimes it's going to be hard to get up and go to to small group and uh, just be committed that 18 months is coming if you get into a small group and you're like man i can't wait to get out of this group well 18 months is coming. You'll get a chance to get into another group. Most groups don't want, don't want to split. And that's a sign of a successful group. So just be committed to, to being there. Um, can you guys do that? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the relationships that you give us, uh, for the relationship that you initiated with us through Jesus. God, thank you for this church and the, the, this, the philosophy that we have here. It's all about you and it's all about other people. And that's the way it should be. God, that's hard sometimes. 
God, if we've been burned relationally, I, I just I pray for healing and forgiveness in those relationships. If, if we're the one that caused the, the burn, and I, I pray that we, we can own up to that and you know, ask for forgiveness and move on, God. You want us to be in relationship with other people, and you give us lots of opportunities to do it. God, may we be courageous and take the initiative. May we look out for other people's interests. God, give us eyes to see what people need to hear from us in the moment. God, we love you so much, and we pray these things today in Jesus' name.